Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name is Jim. Thank you for riding along today. I always appreciate it. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once there, you will find many links to places that either have access to our podcast or other things that are related to Baby Boomer Tales. One such thing is our Shop Tales on Amazon store. Just click that link, Shop Tales at Amazon. That will put you into our store where you can enter into Amazon through that portal. Once you are there, anything you purchase from Amazon, not just whatever toy or gift or football or whatever you chose in our store, but anything you purchase from Amazon, within the next 24 hours, we will get a small commission on at no extra cost to you. It's a way that we can keep our podcast corporation commercial free. So you don't have to hear that jingle. You wonder where the yellow went when you brush your teeth in cement or something like that. So I appreciate it if every time you need something from Amazon, if you just go through our Amazon store first, then you can go anywhere you want on Amazon and purchase whatever you please. Same price. I really appreciate it. On the savannah in Africa, a male lion lays on a crag of rocks and lets out a huge roar for all the savannah to hear. And the buffalo and the zebra and all other kinds of animals are so afraid of the king of the jungle's roar that they run the other way, trying to escape the mighty roar of the lion. Unbeknownst to them, though, are several females from the pride that are lying in wait the way the animals are running away from the king of the jungle. And they are easy prey for those female lions to capture and kill, and the pride can eat that night. When little kids get together, like one, two years old, three years old, one will have a toy the other will want or something. Next thing you know, they're hitting each other. One is trying to protect himself having the toy, and the other one is trying to overtake the kid to get that toy or that glass of juice or that donut. And that goes right through, basically, until you're old enough to reason it out. But fighting is in man's DNA. That is a fact. You can find fights at a hockey game or most other sports. Howard Cosell said years ago on Monday Night Football that one of the most pathetic things you can ever witness in your life are two football players in a fist fight. They're terrible fighters, even though they may be brilliant football players. And they're so protected by all their padding and stuff that it's really kind of laughable. But we have boxing and freestyle cage fighting. There's fighting everywhere, everywhere you want to go. One time we were stopped at a light down in a high-dollar neighborhood of Kansas City, and all of a sudden two girls start fighting right in front of our car, right in the intersection, for no apparent reason whatsoever. It's not like we were in a bad neighborhood or something. We were there in a high-class, ritzy part of town. So it really doesn't matter. You're going to witness fights now and then if you're around people much at all. It may be a sad state on the human experience, but it's happened since the dawn of time and the age of man. And I don't care how you spin it, 
it'll happen until man no longer exists, probably. I have grandkids that fight. They'll be down in the basement playing, having a good old time. All of a sudden, one will come running upstairs crying and then accusing the other ones of hitting them. Even though there's no signs of bruising or blood or anything, you think it's the end of the world. You go down and set them all straight and they go back to playing just like nothing happened until another one comes running up, accusing the others of hitting them. When I was a kid, my brothers and I used to fight all the time. I talked about us watching big time wrestling, Dick the Bruiser and Vern Gagne, some of those guys, how they'd wrestle and so we would try those wrestling moves and someone's bound to start crying especially when you try to do the old eye gouge or hitting each other with a chair or something like that. Then we would get into fights. My brother John was a very strong individual, so you had to outfox him and outthink him because he would just take you on and that'd be the end of you if you couldn't get away. So I got older and I was in school. Once in a while you kind of get into a tussle with a friend, you know, and then he'd be your friend again stuff like that. Well, in the fifth grade, all of a sudden, this girl moved to town, and she was in our class. And she looked like she was in high school, and all us little boys kind of fell in love. And we'd go out in the playground, and we'd have fights over her. Now, I have no idea why, because the word was she was going out with older boys, older than us fifth graders. My biggest nemesis on all this was my friend Chris, we get in these fights at the ice skating rink. Well, I think she looked at me before she'd ever look at you. No, I think she talked to me. She said something to me. No, 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 no. She couldn't. She would never talk to you before she talked to me. Well, I think she looked at me. What are you talking about looking at you? She wouldn't look at you. And then we get into some kind of fisticuffs. Well, it really wasn't fisticuffs. We might have swung at each other a couple times. But one would grab the other one in a headlock and down the snow we'd go. And one would sit on top of the other and put snow in their faces and go, Take that medicine, will ya? And the other one would be kick them off of the other. And they'd get on top of them and he'd try hitting them a couple times and throw snow in his face and say, How's that for your medicine? Well, we did that a few times at the skating rink as that girl would drive by in a car with an older boy sitting right by his side. Here's us little boys fighting over her. We used to get in fights where Dave's mom could see us from up on the hill come down and break us up. Us trying to rub each other's nose in the dirt or something like that. Now you have to remember my fights, they started out with one person taking a swing but they always ended up being a wrestling match, saying, eat this, dog breath, or something. One time, though, we were sitting there at lunch, and Chris was a great friend. I mean, we ate lunch together. We went to each other's house after school and played, all that stuff. But one day, we were talking about the girl, looking at her over there, sitting with some popular girls, saying, I think she just looked at me. Chris would go, she didn't look at you, she's looking at me. I think she smiled. Yeah. You know, I could whoop your butt. You could not whoop my butt. I could whoop your butt with one hand tied behind my back. Huh. You couldn't whoop my butt with both hands. 
I could whip your butt with one hand tied behind my back and Wayne here on your side and Larry over there on your side. I could whoop all three of you. And then she'd know who the toughest boy was. And then she'd smile at me and maybe even talk to me. Well, Chris said, you're on. What do you mean I'm on? After school, one hand tied behind your back, me and Wayne and Larry against you. Okay, well, okay. You're on, you're on. By golly, I'll show you. I will, I'll show you. Well, all day long, I started thinking about how tough that would be to beat Chris and Wayne and Larry to a big old fight. Now, Wayne and Larry, I was not worried about. I figured they wouldn't even fight back. But Chris, with one hand tied behind my back, would clean my clock. I knew that. And so I had to go to Chris and negotiate. And what we ended up negotiating with is we would just fight one-on-one. Best man win, maybe that girl would like us. At least she'd like the winner. We were convinced of that. If we beat the other one bad enough, often enough, she'd surely notice the other one. And I was prepared to be her knight in shining armor, even if I was in fifth grade. Well, after school, we started fighting. Right there on the playground. And we had each other in headlocks. And we fed each other dried old grass and gravel. And we were getting our clothes dirty. And we were acting like we knew what we were doing. And all of a sudden we heard this. Hey, you guys, stop it right now. We looked up and there's our principal walking towards us. Now I'll call him Mr. T because his last name started with a T. And I'm sure he is as tough as that Mr. T used to be on TV. He had a reputation of taking the bad kids that would fight on the playground up to his office and whooping them with this big old wooden paddle with holes drilled in it. A couple times we snuck in there and we looked at that paddle and it freaked us out bad. Nobody ever wanted to get a spanking from Mr. T, ever. All of a sudden we're on his radar. He's coming right at us. Chris and I shook ourselves off, looked at each other. We were afraid for our very existence. So we knew we had to do something. We had to do it quick. So we put our arms around each other, started walking at him, and said, Hey, Mr. T, how you doing? And he said something about no fighting on the playground and we're going to get punished. We said, No, no, no. This is a contest. We always have these contests to see who's the strongest. And it might look like a fight, but we don't fight. We just want to see who wins the contest, Mr. T. Somehow, by the miracle of God Almighty himself, we did not get a whooping for Mr. T that day. And that's the last time Chris and I ever fought over that girl that looked much older than us, that went out with older boys, that wouldn't look at us if we were two feet taller. That one there. I had one more fight that I ever remember ever getting into. It was the very next year when we were in sixth grade and we had to take a bus to a town 10 miles away, the fifth and sixth graders, for one year. Well, coming home on that bus one day, this kid, Jack, he always kind of had a filthy mouth, and he started directing some of his bad words and unlikableness towards a couple of the girls sitting there close to where he's sitting on the bus. And it got on my radar, and I listened for a minute. Then I got up, 
And I walked over to him. I said, you can't talk that way to those girls. You shouldn't talk that way anywhere. So he threw a few expletives towards me, like he thought he was tough or smart or something. So I told him I was going to beat him up just as soon as we got off the bus. I'd meet him in the alley behind the trading post. And he'd be a chicken lily pad if he didn't meet me there too. Well, this got the attention of most of the kids on the bus. Next thing I know, we're all walking in a big old group to the alley behind the trading post. Well, Jack and I started fighting. I knocked him down. Then I did something that I'm not proud of and I would never ever recommend it if you want to live with yourself afterwards. I kicked him in the butt while he was down. And I said, you better stay down or I'll kick you in the butt again. And I think Jack cried and he left. So maybe I was a hero to all those girls, but I probably just looked like some tough guy that was looking for a fight. I've liked to always think that I'm a lover, not a fighter. But I'd also like to think that if a fight came at me, I'd be willing to stand up for what was right. That's the way I viewed it when Jack was throwing those insults to those girls. Now for a segment we call the top 10 55 years ago. That's the top 10 pop songs this week in 1966. Number 10, You Didn't Have to Be So Nice, The Lovin' Spoonful. Number 9, As Tears Go By, The Rolling Stones. Number 8, A Must to Avoid, Herman's Hermits. Number seven, The Men in My Little Girl's Life, Mike Douglas. Number six, No Matter What Shape Your Stomach's In, The T-Bones. Number five, by The Beatles, Day Tripper. Number four, Five O'Clock World, The Vogues. Number three, She's Just My Style. Gary Lewis and the Playboys. Number two, We Can Work It Out, The Beatles. And the number one song by Simon and Garfunkel, The Sounds of Silence. My old friend. Male lions are much larger and a lot more powerful than the female. Their roars are so mighty that it could send chills down any living creature anywhere. No matter how strong and how powerful a male lion is, the female lions are quicker. When the male roars like that, it automatically sends everything that feels danger from that roar in the opposite direction, and so they are easy prey for the females to hunt and kill. What you want to remember is a couple things. Now the male lion is stronger than the female, but he's not as quick. The females, there are several of them, where the male, there's just the one. When you hear that roar and you want to be afraid, you are much better off running to the roar. Just like a fireman would run to the fire, or a policeman would run to the shooting. You want to run to the roar. If you run away from the roar, you will surely die. If you run to the roar, at least you have a chance. Fear not. Now when I say that you will surely die, 
I'm not necessarily meaning physically, but you want to thrive and survive spiritually, emotionally, and physically in life. And you do not want fear to dictate to you how to live your life. This podcast, in no sense of the imagination, am I promoting violence or fighting or any of that stuff. I was just trying to show you basically how little boys get along as they're growing up in that precious time before puberty and common sense. Always be kind everywhere you are. Kindness is really a sign of strength. That'll do it for me this week. Thank you for coming along with me. I always appreciate it. If you like our podcast, all I ask is that you share it. I'll be back next Wednesday. Peace out.